Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero, as always, Corbin David Albaugh. Please join me in this spooky, spooky October time as I bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, we're going to go ahead and jump into some light-hearted current events news about cold-blooded murder to keep things light. For those of you who may have rage quit the news in the last couple weeks due to Kavanaugh or government-related reasons, allow me to bring you up to speed on what we're currently outraged about. The current international news that has been flowing for the last couple weeks has been the story of the murdered journalist uh, named Jamal Khashoggi, uh, who went missing at the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul. So for those of you who are kind of unfamiliar with the story, I'll go ahead and give you the SparkNotes version. Once upon a time, there was a country named Saudi Arabia who we currently give about $110 billion worth of arms to. Uh, Keep that in mind, that's important later. That country is currently run by a gentleman named Mohammed bin Salman, and his regime Uh, Or, I'm sorry, um, benevolent uh, dictatorship? I'm sorry, benevolent government is, uh, you know, kind of your typical Saudi Arabian, you know, extreme affluence and wealth and, you know, we'll just keep just a healthy amount of oppression. You know, we'll let the women drive now, but if they show their elbows in public, we'll execute them with rocks. You know, that trade-off. They have their fair share of critics for obvious reasons, and one such was the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. And just to give you a perspective, listeners, we're not talking about some, you know, random Joe Bob Briggs journalist, you know, that contributed a few random blog posts. We're talking about a fairly reputable author, over 2 million followers on Twitter, has been published in numerous news publications, has appeared in United States televised news and international televised news. This wasn't some anonymous guy. He was a critic of the Salman regime and suggested that perhaps they might should be a little bit more open to criticism because, you know, that's what most populations enjoy about their government, right? Wrong. So they invited him to their consulate in Istanbul And they have security footage of him coming in, but he never came out. Ooh, spooky. It's been two and a half weeks since Jamal Khashoggi entered the consulate. He has not been seen since. We can reasonably assume that he has not been playing Fortnite this entire time and that something very bad has happened. Uh, It could be that they lead an investigative team in and they find out that he's just been binge-watching Buffy this entire time and it's all benign, but it's best in this situation to assume the worst. And really, the worst part about this, listeners, is how blatantly this hasn't been a shadowy, clandestine operation at all. There's video of him going into the consulate 
That is an indisputable fact. There is no footage of him leaving. And yet after people started saying, hey, where did that journalist go? Saudi Arabia was like, uh, I don't know, for about two and a half weeks before they finally changed their tune this week to he's not dead, he's fine, he just left, but we don't have footage of it, to, well, he might have died, but it was an accident, which is essentially how an 11-year-old cops to, you know, breaking the family vase. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. We saw you do it. Well, I did, but I didn't mean to. So, you know, we're at about that level of global politics. Just keep that in mind. That's the world that we're living in nowadays where journalists can just, you know, disappear and be turned into chutney or show up in Mrs. Lovett's meat pies, which is fine. But it also has to be said, ladies and gentlemen, that we also need to throw some shade at our poor departed journalist, not to speak ill of the dead, but when the dead is criticizing an oppressive government and the oppressive government sends a nice invitation to the outspoken critic, how does one just walk into their house and not expect bad shit to happen? That's like if Dasbog invited me over to their headquarters and I went in and was surprised when I got gagged and waterboarded. So again, not speaking ill of the dead, but the dead is a little dumb. That is your fun, lighthearted current events news. Let's move on to some creepy, creepy tunage. This is Bauhaus with Double Dare.
Welcome back, listeners, to Corbin versus the World. I am still your hero, Corbin David Alba. We just got done listening to Bauhaus's Double Dare, followed up by Suicide's Ghost Rider, and then rounding us out was The Cramps TV set. Keeping with the news updates, just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our cousins up in the magical land of Canada who celebrated their first days of legal recreational marijuana this week. Well done there. Uh, We are still operating on the strategy of slowly legalizing it to the point where only a few people can monopolize it so that they make all the money once we finally legalize it on a national train. So we've got a little different of a rollout plan than Canada. We want to keep just a little amount of uh, oppression and unnecessary criminal justice and corruption so it's going to take us a few years to get back on the, to get on the same track that they are. But well done, Canada. You now have weed to add to your list of things that set you apart from other countries, uh, along with poutine and Justin Trudeau's hair. So good call on that. The main reason, honestly, that I wanted to bring this up is so I could quote a CNN article, of all things, uh, about this event. So they were profiling, CNN was profiling the rollout this week for Canada's recreational marijuana industry, and it was talking about how much money that they were going to pull in uh, this year from sales. They're looking at about $4 billion, which is, you know, no amount of money to sneeze at for sure. However, they did say, as a counterpoint, they brought up the amount that the American weed industry has brought in, which is... Nine billion dollars, which and this is why I bring it up. CNN says, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is the exact comparison that CNN gives. It says that nine billion dollars is the exact same amount of money that the snack bar industry pulls in. So shouts out CNN for that really weird shade that we're throwing at the weed industry. Also, how does one define a snack bar anymore? Is it a place that you just find at drive-in theaters anymore, movie theaters in general, the little pop-up kiosks that you find on streets where you can get a kielbasa? I just need to know, or are we just talking about the straight, you know, Doritos and Coca-Cola situation? I'm just trying to figure out how they're defining their statistics. But anyway, well done, weed industry. We are making as much as the snack bar industry. So well done on that. So, shouts out Canada, shouts out Justin Trudeau, and shouts out legal marijuana and all of the fun, fun money that that brings in. So, we are going to move right along with our lovely train of tunage. We are about to hear Liars. This is their song, Mask Maker.
take my pants off. Use my socks. Smell my socks. Eat my face off.
Let's meet up when the time is right. The time is right. The time is right. But I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Let's find out what you are about. What's hidden in there? What you got for me there?
many happy returns, listeners. Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Albaugh. We just got done listening to Mask Maker by the band Liars, shortly followed by Fever Ray and her song I Don't Know About You uh, from her album last year. Rounding us out, we have Baths with the haunting, ominous ocean death. Very creepy song, that be. I'm trying to keep to a little bit of a spooky, ominous theme to all of the songs that I'm playing in this particular show. Obviously, I'm trying to give equal representation to as many genres as possible, but I wanted the mood to sit to stay spooky and ominous. So I've been watching a lot of Netflix recently, which is what you do when you're bored with life and everything is empty and you have nothing better to do. It has been my port in a storm, so thank you, Netflix. And I know that I am not alone. The news came out today that Netflix is currently on pace to add 27 million new subscribers this year. So to put that into perspective, let me just look up the population of Wyoming really fast. Give me a second, listeners. Please bear with me. And uh, I also want you to keep in mind, I could have just edited out this part where I look for it, but I just want to torture you. 579,000. So Netflix is on pace to sign on over 50 Wyoming's worth of people, which is a tremendous achievement, uh, which they should be commended for. And they certainly do earn it. They have a tremendous amount of wonderful content on there. I just started their new series, The House on Haunted Hill. Oh my god, I did it. I did it. I did the thing. I fucking knew it. Guys, I am so fucking pissed off at the fact that every goddamn horror movie, every other horror movie, has some combination of hill, hell, house, haunting, just H-words. It's just this alliterative hell. It's the haunting of Hill House is what it is. But I conflated it with the house on Haunted Hill because it's the same goddamn words. There are so many fucking movies with Hill haunt in them. Here's a list, just out of, just so you know. Here's just a quick sampling of songs with house or hill in the title. Horror movies. This is just horror movies for the record. House of a Thousand Corpses. House of Wax. There's two of those. Monster House. House on Haunted Hill, several of those. House at the End of the Street, Last House on the Left, Hell House, LLC, Hell House, LLC 2, Demon House, House of the Dead, A Haunted House, House, 1986, House, 1997, House, 2008, House of the Devil, The House with the Clock in Its Walls, House 2, The Second Story, which is the best title out of all of them, House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, I already said House of the Dead, but there's also House of the Dead 2. There's House of Bad, so they didn't even fucking try with that one. They were just like, oh, it's bad. It's just the House of Bad. House of Bad. House on Telegraph Hill and The Open House. So just real quick, guys, I know I've rattled off a shitload of movies with house in the name, but I just want to give you just a quick warning post sign. Do not disturb Don't fuck with the movie The Open House. It's a dog turd, and I'm going to tell you what happens in it real fast so you don't have to. This is a new segment that we are introducing in Corbin vs. the World called Corbin Describes a Movie So You Don't Have to See It. In the movie The Open House, it's about a young boy played by Dylan Minnette from 13 Reasons Why, which is the Netflix series that exploits teen suicide. And Dylan Minnette's father just died in a tragic car accident because, of course, he did. 
And so because his dad was bad with money, they have to move out to uh, his mother's aunt's house that she's selling. So it's an open house. The source of the title of the movie. They move into the open house. It's it's in this scary, weird, ominous, Twin Peaks-esque mountain town where everyone knows everyone and everyone's just a little creepy. And long story short, they move into the house. There's someone in the house, but we don't know who it is. Is it the weird guy who keeps meeting up with the mother and knows everything about the mother? Is it the creepy old woman who knows everything about the son? Is it any number of weird side characters that have been introduced over the course of the movie? For an hour and 15 minutes, this movie strings you along and introduces all of these plot elements. Oh, is this relevant? Ooh, what about this plot point? Ooh, what about the glasses that he wore in this scene? Maybe that's relevant to this plot point over here. None of it matters, guys. None of these plot points matter. When the last 10 minutes, it is revealed that none of the characters that were introduced are the killer. It's some random shadowy yodel that we never see. We never see his face at all. He shows up, kills the mom, kills the son. No, not even that. Not even that. He kills the mom. The son freezes to death like a bitch. And then the killer just goes to another open house. That's it. No questions answered. Ha ha. Honk you on the nose. Wasting an hour and a half of your time. Thanks for your money, asshole. Fuck you, open house. Do not lure anyone else into seeing this movie. Do not let anyone watch this movie. If you let someone watch the open house after hearing this, you are a bad friend. You should feel bad for yourself. But anyway, I kind of lost track of time a little bit. You should definitely watch uh, The Haunting of Hill House, though. Not The House on Haunted Hill. The Haunting of Hill House. It's a great series, great writing, uh, good scares, good oogaboogas. Not like bad oogaboogas. Not like The Bad House. That's a bad oogabooga. Listen and watch to the good oogaboogas. Check out The Haunting of Hill House. And also, if you haven't yet, go see fucking Mandy right now. Also, I'm going to introduce a new feature in this show as well. New feature called Corbin Tells You About a Brief Moment in Mandy. Near the beginning of Mandy, this is the first line that Nicolas Cage has in the movie. He goes up to his wife, who is named Mandy, and Nicolas Cage has just had a long day at work. We've just seen a long sequence of him cutting down trees and riding in his car, and he gets home to his loving wife, and he taps her on the shoulder, and he goes, Knock, knock. She goes, Who's there? And he goes, Eric Estrada. She goes, Eric Estrada who? And Nicolas Cage goes, Eric Estrada from the TV show Chips. And that is now in my top ten pantheon of Nicolas Cage moments. Anyway, we are now moving right along. We are going right back to the tunes. Do you guys remember that super awesome Bat for Lashes music video from like 12 years ago? when she was on the bicycle going down the lonely road and she's being chased by all the people in the animal masks like The Purge. I hope you remember it, because I do. It's one of my favorite music videos, and I'm about to play you that song, because I can. This is Bat for Lashes, What's a Girl to Do? We walked arm in arm, but I didn't feel his touch. The desire I'd first tried to hide, that tingling inside, was gone. And when he asked me 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Corbin versus the World. We just got done hearing What's a Girl to Do by Bat for Lashes. Fun little mid-aughts indie throwback there. Followed up by Grid by Perfume Genius with that crazy tribal stompy stompy. And finally, we have Ema with her song Cthulhu off of her album The Future's Void from 2014. Strong recommendation on that album. Any artist who names a song after Cthulhu is huge winner in my book. So I had a few more things that I was planning on talking about during this episode, but I ended up talking about the open house for way longer than I expected, so that's going to have to get shoved to the next episode. Sorry about that, friends, but that gives you a better reason to tune in to our next show, which will be, as always, from 6 to 7 Mountain Time on NOCO FM. And if you missed that show, you can also check our repeat on Sunday. And you can check out any of our archived shows on the NOCO FM website. That is noco.fm. Also be sure to check out NOCO FM's Facebook page and give it a like. Also check me out on Instagram at Corbin versus the World so you can get all of our beautiful, beautiful content. And so I've got a few more hippity-hop tracks to throw your way. I've got tracks by Vince Staples, Outkast, and Danny Brown coming up. This is Vince Staples' Surf with Kilo Quiche. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will catch you next week. Appreciate you, listeners. See ya.
ghosts and goblins run amok in the caverns of Rhine, slaying in petty corruption the seventh sign.
watch me and car bounce. Breaking day in a lot. Nigga popping no doubt. Selling rocks is a hot. Bank roll in my pocket. So everybody know me. Went home and gave my mama 300 for some groceries. We hit the mall and bar. Hit that club and spin it off. Now I'm back to square A. With them squares that get off. Jump so. 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 So take this as a death song, cause this is my last song. This has been a production of NOCO FM.